Are there any good-looking podcast listeners out there tonight? Soccer dude, rockin' America. He doesn't know soccer, but he's gonna talk about soccer dude, rockin' America. Tactical analysis. Transfer news. Unlikely. Hey, that's not what I wrote. I don't really care. We're going with it now. All right. Soccer news, rockin' America. Soccer news, rockin' America. Featuring person Talking about soccer lots. Hello and welcome to episode number 166 of Soccer Noob Rockin' America, featuring you know who. Hello! Yeah, that's my kid, 11 years old, started middle school, but still willing to help the old man out with the soccer podcast. She is comparatively new to being alive, hence her name. I might be comparatively new to being uh, to following soccer, quite frankly. I've only been doing it a few years, but we'll never change it. As my daughter knows, it's a branding issue. Our main mission is to give you match mini previews of 10 of the most intriguing, important, paramount matches from around the world. But we define that our own way. We'll catch some big matches from some big leagues, but we are always looking for top two matchups and tournament matchups, and we don't care what the size of the country is that they're from. If it's important where it's being played, there's a pretty good chance that we are covering And I like to think that that makes our show and our coverage matches very unique. This particular week, we are going to be covering ones from Friday the 15th through Thursday the 21st. Plus, my daughter will have some of her own magic, I think, in here as well. We'll learn some culture, some geography, hopefully have more than a little bit of fun along the way. So, with no further ado, let's dive into our matches. You know what? I'm in a mood to have my dessert first. Let's start with the three bonus matches instead of all the uh, number one uh, versus second best matches in the various leagues around the world. Bring forth the bonus matches. Bring them forth indeed. And the first one, normally our last match of every broadcast. And now it's time to have our way with two sad sack bottom feeders from somewhere in the world. This is the match of... Disappointed! And it's extra special because not only is it one of the bonus matches, but it's not even a top flight match. We're going to La Liga 2, Segunda División, the second division in Spain for a Thursday match where they're almost halfway through the season. Four of the 22 teams are going to get relegated down into the third tier. Your matchup, this was bottom two and I scouted it. Somebody uh, sank below them <laughs> or these two climbed up a notch in the interim. In any event, they're still pretty awful. Talking about number 21 second to last place Amarabieta versus number 20 Alcorcón uh, Alcorcón currently uh, lead their opponents today by two points uh, Alcorcón trail number 18 Villarreal B yes the reserve team of the La Liga side of the same name by six points series between these two they've only played a couple of times at least in recent years, and both ended up as draws. have just a little bit about each for you. Amore Bieta, which is kind of fun to say, they play out of a hyphenated city name, uh, tack on to the club name, Etzano, E-T-X-A-N-O. It's about 15 minutes east of uh, the major city in this region, uh, Bilbao, which has about 20,000 people. 
Now, I did see in one source that their nickname uh, is Udenak, which might be Basque, as they are in Basque country, for parents. I'm not 100% sure that's accurate. And if it is accurate, just how accurate or something is lost in the translation, that seems strange for a club name. In any event, last year they won their Division Three group and got promoted. Uh, that's their second time in the uh, here in the second division. They were also up for a year in 2020-2021. Welcome back. You're still lousy. Taking a look at the stance, that backs my judgment up, especially on offense. They are tied for second to worst in that regard, getting well under a goal per match. They have the 20th rated goal differential, and even at this early stage of the season, it is clear to my eyes, and hopefully to your ears, that the, you know, this club, yeah, they're going to be going down. Such as it is, the team MVP, uh, number one in saves per 90 minutes with uh, just a little shy of three and a half, is Pablo Kunat. He is just 21 years old. Now, we're saying that that just means, in a way, that he faces a ton of shots. He's actually only number seven in save percentage of the league, top third, not terrible, but he's also number six in goals conceded. I think the fact that he's their team MVP really says more about how bad the, uh, <laughs> the backs are in front of him than and says anything about his own performance necessarily. Teams current form there, 1-1-1 one, one, one in the last three with a 3-3 three and three goal differential. And now Alconcon, they are known as the Potters, which is hardly intimidating, but at least it's not Lions credit where it's due. They are part of the Madrid Autonomous Community, uh, largely been known at the very least historically for uh, things in their economy like mining, industry, and power. Virtually no agriculture here in this area at all. Uh, this city has about 175,000. The club is named for the city, and they're not that far from Madrid, as I mentioned. Interestingly, I did not know that I was going to be running into a USA connection here. They are owned by a USA investment group uh, run by a guy named David Blitzer. And yes, NBA and NHL fans, same guy, part owner or lead owner of the uh, 76ers uh, in Boston and uh, the Red Devils, New Jersey in hockey. Last year, they too were in the third division. They uh, finished second place in their group, and that was good enough to get promoted. Uh, they had been here in the second division 2010-11 season, uh, all the way through basically now. There was one season, 2020-21, where they weren't here. Statistically, the offense is pretty bad, but the defense offends the Lord himself. In a game where uh, goals come at a premium, they are giving up almost one and two-thirds goals per match. The, their offense isn't nearly good enough, clearly, to buoy that up. So they have the worst goal differential going in the league. Nevertheless, key players to look for. Tied for second best in successful dribbles per 90. The engine for what little offense they have, that is Emmanuel Adai. He is just 22 years old. Plenty of time to come to his senses or just sign a contract with a bigger team. Left midfielder out of Ghana. Unfortunately for them, just as many problems in net as their hosts today. Number one in goals conceded per 90 with 1.7. Oh, this guy's worse. Yeah, that's Jesus Ruiz. The team MVP might be uh, their defenseman, uh, plays on the right side, Iago Carreceto. He actually does a little bit of wingback action. He's gotten up the field for a couple of assists. He's really good at defensive things in general, but if you're able to find a stream for this one, watch for him in the air. He is very good at duels in that regard. Team's current form, uh, they had a win versus number six, Ibar. That snapped a six-match winless streak. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. boo. Could you be the most meaningless match in the world? Yes, you could. You're so boring.
There they are. Just look at them. They're shiny, even though they're trapped in the middle of their table, equidistant from the glory of getting, you know, to finish at the top of their league and get into an international tournament. But they're not at the bottom either, not going to get relegated. And therefore, nobody is talking about them but us. And we think they deserve it, too. We picked a Wednesday match for your meaningless one. It is from the Belgian Pro League, top flight there, ranked number eight in all of Europe. They're about halfway through the season. Your matchup, number 11, Michelin versus number nine, Standard Liège. Liège currently lead Michelin by three. Uh, when they played earlier this season, uh, Liège only managed a 1-1 draw at their place. Series between these two, Liège have had the decided advantage in recent years. They've got a 17-5 and 11 record. Let's talk about the home side first, though, of Michelin. M-E-C-H-E-L-E-N, but I think I'm getting at least a little bit closer to the Dutch, pronouncing it like uh, the uh, tire. The club is named after a city of the same name in the north-central part of the country, a bit under 100,000 people there. Several nicknames. The one that uh, caught my eye, because I've got the humor of a 12-year-old apparently, was the Cackers, K-A-K-K-E-R-S. But it translates to cockroaches. No, I don't know the why, but that might be something that we hit on them for next time. First, we, we just introduce the nickname and we ease into these things. It's over time. We'll eventually talk about them again. They, if you are familiar with them from the news, yes, this is a team that got caught in a match-fixing scandal just a handful of years ago. They were actually banned from UEFA competition. They had qualified for the Europa League, and then they didn't get to participate in the country's FA Cup the next year. They had qualified for the Europa League is the extra sad part to this. Didn't get to go, and that is the only modern UEFA competition they have ever qualified for. And by modern, I really basically mean this century. They have won four league titles. Last one was not this century, 1988-89. Last year, they finished in 13th. This year, uh, the offense is, uh, they're not trying very hard. They're a small ball team. They are getting less than a goal per match, one of the worst in the league. Uh, the defense is uh, pretty average, giving up a little less, bit less than one and a quarter. So give players to look for, if you can find a stream by this one, number three, an accurate long ball. So that's the way they go about their attack. Low percentage, but this guy is a little higher. Uh, that's Jordi Vanlerberg. He is a homegrown center back who has made some Belgian uh, youth national team appearances in the past. Tied for second backs in blocks per 90 minutes. You've got David Bates from Scotland, another center back. He made four national team appearances back there between 2018 and 19. But I believe that the team MVP is probably their defensive midfielder, Rob. I'm not sure if it's Schoofs or Scoofs. I'm going to guess the former. And then you don't have to guess about his offensive prowess. Uh, for a guy who has defensive duties, by and large, he's done very well offensively. Four goals and two assists. Team's current form, they are 0-1-2 in their last three and didn't score a goal over any of those. We may not get a lot of excitement from the hosts on this one. We'll find out next week on The Recap. Also, your most meaningless fact for this most meaningless match comes to us from Michelin. In 2016, their guy, Bart Summers, won the World Mayor's Award. Did I look up the see what he did so well in his mayoral position? No. This is a meaningless match. We just don't get into that much detail. Standard Liège. They uh, Liège is in the east-central part of the country, city of about 200,000. Uh, it's part of the former, what I'll call, axis of industry in this nation. They've got a more diversified economy now. Not as much heavy industry, more electronics. 
They, uh, just like a team from our last match, are owned by a private U.S. investment firm, which I did not know. They are known simply as the Reds, and have won 10 league titles, weren't so meaningless just over a decade ago. They won their last one in 2008-2009. The Europa League, they made the quarterfinals of that in 2010. That's probably their most impressive international finish. Last year, they finished in seventh place. This year, like their hosts today, the offense, it's a little bit better, but not much to brag about. They only get a goal per match. Defense is a bit better, though, just slightly below average. I don't think either of these teams is likely to climb into the upper half of the league. I think either one will slide more than likely if they don't manage to tread water here in the meaningless part of the table. One player to look for for them, team MVP, number three in interceptions of the league per 90 minutes is Nathan Nagoy. He's a center back, 20 years old, made some youth national team appearances for Belgium not too long ago. And then their goalkeeper is worth mentioning. He is tied for second best in save percentage. That is Arnaud Bodard. Oh, and we've got a USA connection, nearly, uh, nearly forgot about. Marlon Fossey, he only lived in L.A. till he was like four years old. Then he moved with his family to the island of New Jersey. Yeah, over there in Western Europe. And then over to the uh, England proper at age of 11. He came up with uh, the Fulham youth system. Teams current form, they've managed two straight draws. That followed two straight losses. And over this whole time, they've only managed a two and six goal differential. So if you want to bet on this, one look at your odds i haven't yet but uh see what you can get on the plus side two or three hundred for a nil nil draw out of this meaningless match and now normally first but now the last of our three bonus matches it is a first versus last place matchup my daughter dramatically calls the route 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 of 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 the week 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 And that echo bounce you're hearing for the Thursday match is because it's traveling all the way to Iraq and back. They have renamed their top flight instead of the Premier League. It is now known as the Stars League, just like uh, Qatar. It is the 10th ranked league in the AFC. That's the Asian Football Confederation. The winners will go to the Champions League. On the other end of the spectrum, one team will get automatically relegated. Two other teams right above them at the end of the year will have to fight for their lives. It was called a relegation playout or playoff, whichever you prefer. They're only a little bit under 10 matches into the seasons there, so still fairly early. Nevertheless, they were number one. Now they are in second place. We're talking about Shorta as hosts, and they are taking on number 20 last place, Naft al Wasat. I'm sure that's not quite how they say it um, in Arabic, but it's W-A-S-A-T. So, Wasat. Doesn't have to be funny, just has to be different. Shorta, they were number one at the time that I scouted this, by the way. They trail number one undefeated Alkua Aljawaya by three points. Also, we're noting uh, that uh, Kua Jawaya, they have a match in hand as well. So, Shorta want to stay in the race here in the early part of the season. You can't win a championship, but you can lose it early on, as they say. They really need to get three points at home out of this one. I don't think they'll be asleep. Meanwhile, Na- Naftal, what's that? They trail number 17, Al-Kasim, by five points. Al-Kasim representing the lowest point in the table that is not in any kind of relegation danger. 
Okay, Al Shorta. They are from Baghdad and are known as the Harp. Pretty cool nickname. If I understand correctly, and it's always an if when it comes to things Arabic in particular, the name means police, although I didn't read anything else um, about Shorta and the name origin or the club origin. I can tell you that they've won six total league titles, and last year they won the league. They did not go to the Champions League, though, because they were not able to get an AFC license. Usually that has something to do with the condition of their stadium. Hopefully whoever wins it this year can go. A lot of the times Iraq doesn't get to send anybody. 2015 AFC Cup, that's the secondary tournament over there, equivalent to the Europa League. They made the round of 16, and that's probably their best AFC ever finish. The licensure requirements are apparently uh, less strenuous for that event. They've got the second-best offense in the league going, getting almost two per match. They're only tied for number eight on defense, but they're giving up less than a goal per match. So things are just really tight in that particular statistical regard. They're a top-three team on goal differential. Key player to look for, uh, tied for fifth best in scoring in the league with four here early on, is Adrissa Niang from Senegal. Team's current form, they have won three straight with a very impressive eight-versus-one goal differential. Do the visitors have any hope? We are always looking for some sort of silver lining with them, something to hang our hat on to make us think maybe they can pull an upset or at least get a point. Uh, Naft all, what's that? are known as the Euphrates Nightingales, which I just thought was so cool. Plus, I got to double-check with Persinub at the time, and she knew all about the Euphrates and uh, uh, Tigris uh, from, I think they call it social issues now. And back when I was a youngster, they would have called social studies. In any event, the club means Midland Oil, and they are from the city of Najaf. It's in the central part of the country, about 100 miles south of Baghdad, maybe three-quarters of a million people there. Uh, political and spiritual uh, experts will know that this is the center of Shia Muslim power in the nation. The club is fairly young, founded in 2008. Their first year here in the top flight was 2014-15, and in their first year, they won their only league title. They even made the AFC Cup round to 16. Last year, they finished in 18th place, so presumably they had to survive one of those relegation playout matches or tournaments. They are winless on the year so far. Worst offense, only getting two goals in eight matches. Somebody make a sign, point in the right direction. Uh, tied for eighth on defense, so the two teams are pretty even in that regard. Their goal differential is bottom three. This is a team that's probably going to find themselves in an RPO spot once again. Team's current form, though, here we have our tiny little glitter, uh, uh, glimmer, rather. They didn't score in either of their last two matches, but they did manage scoreless draws, so they are starting to get a couple of points. Match number one! You know what? Let's keep on working things backwards and start with the end of the week. So, that makes match number one a Wednesday match from Serbia's Superliga. It is ranked number 19 in all of UEFA. They get to send a bunch of teams to pretty good uh, tournament berths. They are just high enough to get one into the group stage for the Champions League, another one to the third qualifying round, one to the Europa League playoff round. That is right before the group stage. And then a couple of the second and third qualifying rounds of the Europa Conference League. They're just over halfway through the regular season there uh, before the league will divide into championship and relegation round halves where they will play a single round robin. Your matchup is the Eternal Derby, as they call it there. Number B, Partizan. Yes, that's our thing. You'll learn about that later. Number B versus number one, Red Star Belgrade. 
At the time I scouted it, they were uh, tied on points. That is no longer the case. Right now, Red Star actually lead uh, partisan by two. Neither one has a match in hand on the other. Series between these two, as you would expect, just about dead even. 14-14 and 13, Red Star with the slimmest of advantages. This is actually their first meeting of the year, and they will do it again near the very end of the year. Uh, part of the reason on top of both of these teams being on Belgrade that is such a big deal is the origins of the clubs. Red Star was founded by a group affiliated with the People's Army, whereas Partisan were essentially uh, an affiliate of the Secret Police for their sponsorship or whatever. There you go. All right, we'll talk about Partisan as home first. They are known as the Steamroller or the Gravediggers, which given that they were a secret police-ish kind of team, Gravediggers is a little ominous. Anyway, uh, they have won eight titles uh, since no longer being part of Serbia and Montenegro when those two became independent entities. 2016-17 uh, was the most recent. They won what is now the Champions League, but way back in 1965-66. More recently, they lost in this year's Europa Conference League playoff round. 2010-2011, they made the Champions League group stage best they've done in that event. In the modern era, 2017-18, they made the Europa League round of 16. So this is a team that is used to finishing at the top. However, last year they were a little bit off the mark, finished in fourth place. This year, the defense is good, the offense excellent. Second best in that regard, getting two and a third goals per match. To that end, key player for them to look for is the number one scorer in the league with 13 currently. That is uh, Saldana from Brazil. He is their striker. Uh, team's current form, though, just one one and one of their last three with a seven and six goal differential that defense starting to slide just a little bit of late and no red star they are known as the star and the red and whites not the most creative names but again we'll take anything that's not lions they are the most supported club in the nation they won what is now the champions league just a decade maybe before it changed names 1990 1991 in the last few years, they've been to the Champions League plenty of times. This is obviously another historical power in the country, but they don't seem to be able to get past the group stage. Europa League, they did make the round of 16 in 2021-22. They have won nine titles since being separated from Montenegro and are the defending champions. Defense good, offense great, just like their hosts today. They get over two and a half goals per match. That leads the league. Key player to look for for them, their offense is a little bit more spread out, but the number four score in the league for them uh, with eight has been uh, Jovan Mijatovic, striker just 18 years old. And I really want to emphasize that because while I know he's gotten eight goals for the senior team, he might actually be on loan right now with a Division II side there in uh, the Belgrade area, if memory serves. Uh, rumors are he may not be with this club very uh, long regardless. Uh, if he wants to make his way over to Russia. Zenit St. Petersburg have been very interested in him. Or if he would prefer to go west instead of more or less north, he could likely make his way to Feyenoord over in Netherlands for his next stop. They have been very interested. Team's current form, uh, they are 3-1 and one in their last four, and that one is not too shameful of a loss. It was at home, but 2-3 to three against Manchester City. Match number B.
Now we'll step back, take a look at Monday. One of the big matches going on is in the FIFA Club World Cup. That's right. All of the Continental Champions from the year before get together somewhere to face off for the world title. Uh, the juiciest looking matchup to us here in the second round, or semifinal, I should say, rather, looks like Fluminense. They're out of Brazil versus Al Ali. Al Ali are your African behemoths. Fluminense, uh, they won the Copa Libertadores last year, the South American version of the Champions League. Really had a pretty meaty Mediocre, uh, somewhat above. I mean, they finished above average in the Brazilian Serie A, yeah, but that's going to be a really great match. The winner is going to get Manchester City, most likely, unless Urawa Red Diamonds, our favorite Japanese team, can uh, here in Newbland uh, can pull off the massive, massive upset. But since it's not quite the final, this is going to be a time where we take a culture break. Normally, that means food. This particular time, I just wanted to learn some extra stuff about Saudi Arabia, kind of find some fun facts, some stuff that I didn't know amongst a bevy of them that I was looking at. Uh, with the size of a fair bit over uh, 2 million square kilometers, for example, Saudi Arabia is roughly about the size of the entirety of Western Europe. I don't know what exactly they mean by Western Europe in terms of where they would draw the lines, but that's bigger than I would have guessed either way. And yet, to balance that out, Saudi Arabia is the largest country in the world without a river. Now, I know it's mostly desert, and in fact, there's a factoid here that says 95% desert, but you figure somewhere near a coast somewhere anywhere there's got to be a body of water that's a river nope not a single one it is the 13th largest country in the world but doesn't have one and then finally though there must have been more water at the time to grow something like this 350 million years ago the kingdom was home to a 20 foot high mushroom scientists and historians have confirmed that it would have been the largest living thing on dry land at the time i wonder if it was hallucinogenic mushroom imagine how many people that could serve or how many pizzas you could uh, ruin if you don't happen to like mushrooms but it's just hard to imagine something like that so those are your saudi arabian fun facts here at our culture break match number three not just one, but two Monday matches. What rare dry day coming up moist like a delicious red velvet cake. Portugal's Primeira Liga is the place. They are the seventh ranked league in all of UEFA. One team will go to the Champions League group stage. Another will start a little bit further back. And they get a Europa and Europa Conference League couple of berths as well. They're about 40% of the way through the season. Two of the big three historically in Portugal occupy the top spots once again. Number one, Sporting CP taking on number B. Yes, you heard it last match. And remember, number two is Bathroom Talk, kids. FC Porto. Sporting currently lead Porto by just one on-goal differential. And that's right. If the teams are tied and it's more than a few games into the season, that means automatic inclusion. I don't care where it's from in the world here on our show. They lead Benfica, the third of that uh, holy triumvirate over there, if you will, by a single point in the table. I was surprised to see the series in recent years just how dominant uh, Porto have been. They've accrued a 16-14-6 and six record over the few years. Nevertheless, the road is tough. We'll be rooting for Porto over here because sporting that we'll talk about first, they're known as the Lions. Yeah, I feel like I just from earlier. They are out of Lisbon, the capital. In fact, you'll also often hear them referred to unofficially as Sporting Lisbon. They have won 18 league titles, 2020-21 the last time. Last year, just a little bit off their usual pace, finishing in fourth place. This year, the offense is where the bread is getting buttered. Second best in that regard, two and a quarter goals per match. That's largely due to their Swede, whose name I will mispronounce, play striker for them, Victor uh, Gaiocares. He has an umlaut involved in there somewhere. He is 
the second leading scorer in the league with nine. He's been on contract with Brighton and Hove Albion many times over in England, but he's never made an appearance for them. Always gets loaned out. Team's current form, 3-1-1 one, one across all competitions. And congratulations, Lions, I suppose. You just advanced through the group stage of the Europa League to the next round. All right, now the ones we're rooting for by default, Porto, known as the Dragons. Here's another reason to root for them. UEFA ranks them number 20 on the continent, just above our least favorite of all time, the dreaded hot Tottenham Hotspur. Porto have won 30 league titles, last one, 2021-22. Two Champions League titles as well. 2003-2004 was the last one. Last year, they made the round of 16. That's a little bit more their speed the last 15 years and change. Last year, they finished in second place. This year, the offense is much closer to average, but the defense, they're the only team in single digits in that regard right now. Uh, put it all together, they've got a top four goal differential. They've got to put up a little bit more offense, I think, to have a shot even at a draw this particular match, in case you're looking for ways to bet it. Uh, team MVP, in my opinion, has been Steven uh, Eustachio. He is a Canadian central midfielder with a couple of goals and assists to match. And yes, Liga MX fans, he's the guy that played for Cruz Azul a little bit in 2019. Always look the, like those CONCACAF and North American connections. Team's current form, they are 3-0-1 one, one, uh, oh across all competitions in their last four. Match number four. And now number four, the first of our weekend matches. We are headed to South America for the Serie A final of Ecuador. They have reached their final championship for the whole year. This is the second leg of the home and away two-legged tie. Both of these finalists uh, were stage winners, and so they have already qualified for the Copa Libertadores group stage. But you know what? There's a shiny trophy at stake, and we're not going to say no to covering that. Your matchup, it is LDU de Quito versus Independiente de Valle. Uh, leg one, it went to a tie in Independiente de Valle, scoreless in fact. When they played in the regular season second stage, they divide their season into two stages before the championship bracket. Uh, LDU de Quito hosted and they won 2-0 and they have been the better team in recent years by quite a bit with a 21-13-11 and 11 record over Independiente. Alright, LDU first. They are known amongst other things as the Maringues, which sounds very pleasant and yet their fans are nicknamed uh, Muerte Blanca, the White Death. <laughs> South America, you're so crazy and festive. The team has won 11 titles. The last one was in 2018, uh, before this year. They won the Copa Libertadores back in 2008. This is Ecuador's best, in my opinion. They've also won two Copa Sudamericana titles. That's their secondary international club tournament. And they won that just this year, in fact, for the second time. They were they finished the first stage in third place. They won the second stage by four points over Barcelona. So they are the team that's got the momentum right now. Uh, offense was pretty good. Defense was the best in the league by miles, though. They only gave up four goals in 17 matches in the second stage. That led to an overall number one goal differential of almost uh, being twice as good as anybody else's in the entire league. Their scoring, it gets spread out. They've got a top 10 scorer, their best with 10 goals on the year. Alexander Abarado, he plays left winger for them. And yeah, that's the same guy who played for Orlando City just a little bit back in the 2020 and 2021 seasons. Team's current form, they are unbeaten in their last 13. They'll be tough to bet on because you're not going to get a lot on odds. Nevertheless, Independiente de Valle, they feel like they've got as good a chance. Uh, the Negrazules, uh, the black and blues, they play out of uh, Sengolki. 
Key, which is a suburb of the capital city of Quito. They've only ever won one league title before, and that was back in 2021. Best they've ever done internationally. Runner-up finished in the 2016 Copa Libertadores. They have also, like their host today, won two Copa Sudamerica titles, 2019 and 2022. They won the first stage by four points over El Nacional, but they really fell off in the second stage, finishing eighth. Maybe that's because they won the first stage and felt like they could rest a little bit, rotate guys. Somehow I don't think so. That's a whole half a season. Regardless, they ended up finishing only number seven on offense and fifth best in defense, seventh overall on goal differential. Really, the big thing was on the offense. They stayed statistically the same on defense, but they dropped almost uh, like three quarters of a goal per match on average for their score. Tied for number three in league scoring, we've got a USA connection, a dozen on the year from Michael Hoyos, a striker. Uh, He played his youth ball for the national team, actually in Argentina, so he may now be officially declared in some capacity for the USA, but I wouldn't expect to see him on a roster anytime soon for Greg Berhalter. Team's current form over their last three doesn't bode well, 0-2-3 in their last five. Match number five. More Sunday action and more from Latin America. Yeah, a lot of those leagues are ending all at the same time. This time we're talking about the Liga Nacional in Honduras. Uh, this is their Apertura stage final. Remember, a lot of the Latin American countries divide their season into Apertura and Clausura, or opening and closing stages. This is the first leg of the home and away two-legged tie, but the second one is going to be on Thursday. Otherwise, we wouldn't really be talking about this until we could give the second leg its due. Since we don't know what the scores is going to be, I think this is a great time for us to take a break and see between Matagua and Olympia who is going to win the first leg. Now, I've been doing pretty well on my uh, my betting on uh, uh, DraftKings and some spreadsheet work I do on the side, but when it comes to these first legs, you never know. Is a team going to play more conservatively than they might otherwise? If it's a visiting team, might they uh, really go all out knowing they have to have an advantage going into the second leg even though it's at home? I don't know, but you know who I'm betting could tell us with another drug-aided or drug-addled vision? That's right. It's time for another visit from our 3,500-year-old prognosticator, Noobstradamus, we want to know how to make some money on this. Take it away, almighty soothsayer. Wow, there has just been something about the fall and winter conditions that's made it very tough to get a hold of our guy. Always all kinds of interference. But at least we did get to learn uh, or listen to a little bit of something Honduran there. That was from one of the best uh, music mixes of the variety of music called Punta that is original is uh, originally from Honduras. So yeah, you like that dance beat? You like that? They've always got some Caribbean influences there in there as well. But that music, Punta, is purely Honduran. That was OSO City, as I'm sure you heard him say. So hopefully we can catch up with Noobstradamus next week. 
kitties. No, they cannot write letters, but they can mew for what they want, whether it's from me or St. Nick. And it's always a recap of last week's matches. I'll save Santa the trouble. Saturday, match number one last week was from the Major League Soccer Final. The title on the line between Columbus and LAFC, and it was the crew getting another title. 2-1 to one for Columbus. Juan Hernandez had a goal, and for LAFC, it was Dennis Bawanga. Some of the stars came out to shine there that we told you to look out for. Match number B was the Clausura Playoff Final in Panama between Independiente and Taro, and Independiente put on a show, winning 3-0. Match number three from the Premier League in Turks and Caicos Islands. Yeah, the Apertura stage, they're playing down there. Acad- uh, Academy Eagles and Sharks, number one and number B, were to play, but that match got postponed. Not sure why. Match number four from the AFC Cup group stage between Odisha from India and Bangladesh's Abashundara Kings, and the result was a win for the Indian side, 1-0, and so they switched places in that tournament's table. Tuesday match number five from the Champions League group stage of UEFA. Number B, Copenhagen versus number three, Galatasaray. Hope you bet on this one and got the plus 180 like I recommended because the Danes got the 1-0 win. Um, Elias Akuri had the assist. There was no change in the table there. And uh, let's see, match number six. From the FIFA Club World Cup first round, you had the host country national champions Al Idihad taking on Auckland City from the OFC and New Zealand. And it was a 3 0 win for the professionals of Saudi Arabia. Auckland City, a very nice try, but when you're a semi pro team, I know that makes it tough. Match number seven from the AFC Champions League group stage, very last match. Number three, the Thai team, Bururam United, taking on Japanese Division II side, Vent for it, Kofu. And it was Kofu. Kofu getting it done again. Got a 2-3 win. Their star, Peter Utaka, had a brace of goals for Bururam. Uh, Goran Kausic had a goal. A uh, guy we said to look for, uh, Tiratorn Bunmatan, I believe their MVP. He had an assist. Nevertheless, that knocked Bururam down to number four. They did not advance out of the group stage. Wednesday, match number eight. The FA Cup final from Chile between uh, Magallanes and Colo Colo. Colo Colo got the 1-3 win. No real surprise there. They were at the tops and bottoms of their tables, more or less respectively in terms of league play. Thursday, match number nine from the Europa Conference League group stage last match. You had uh, from Bulgaria there, one of their two big teams, Ludogorets Razgrad taking on uh, Nordjylland from Denmark, and it was Razgrad getting the win 1-0. So they advanced as the number two finisher in that group. The Danish side, they finished in fourth place and they will just return home for domestic league play. Match number 10 from the Europa League group stage last match there, number one, Real Betis from Spain versus number two, the Rangers of Scotland, one of my favorite European teams. And hey, Rangers got the mild upset win, two to three on the road. One of their stars, uh, Abdullah Sima, he had the opening goal for Real Betis. It was Isco that had the assist. I know your bonus matches with explanations coming later. Your out of the week was a Wednesday match from the South American Premier Division. Number one, Mamelodi Sundowns took on number um, whatever the last place team is there, Cape uh, Town Spurs. I think it's a 20-team league. I didn't make a note, but I did note the final. It was the Sundowns getting an unsurprising 3-0 win in the roadkill match. Then your most meaningless match in the world, a Thursday match from the Premier League of Egypt. Number 9, Al-Masri took on number 10, surprisingly slumping Zamalek, and they continue to slump because Masri got the 1-0 win. That moves them all the way up to number 3, six-spot jump. It's fairly early in the season there. Knocked Zamalek down one more to number 11. And finally, your most disappointed match. 
uh, matchup disappointment, I should say. I want to get that right and not uh, be disappointing towards you all. It was a Wednesday match from the Perva League of Slovenia. Top flight there. Number 10, Rogaska, took on number 9, Aluminia, or they were supposed to. That was another match that got postponed. And that concludes your recap of last week's matches. Now let's get back into the upcoming week's match previews with... Match number 6. I'm leaving this one alone from a gambling standpoint, but match number six, I was really excited about the first leg. Got a really big bonus bet on this one. Talking about the Costa Rica Primera Division, uh, or Division, I guess I should say, uh, Apertura Final, second leg of the home and away, two-legged tie. I would stay away from the second leg here from a gambling standpoint. Just don't like it, but thank you very much, Costa Rica and Saprisa, for the money on the first one. The berth internationally that they're fighting for is one into the Central American Cup. That is a feeder tournament into the CONCACAF Champions Cup. Only each of the two state champions are guaranteed berths, though uh, both of these teams will probably be in no matter what happens by the end of the season because they send us total, I believe, of four teams. Yes, I'm seeing that in my notes now. Your matchup is Saprisa versus Herediano. Two of your big, oh, I would say three or maybe four teams in the country historically. Leg one, Saprisa got the road win one to two series between these two harry uh, uh herediano have had the advantage the last maybe five six years with a 34 24 and 32 record accrued uh, herediano won two nil when they played earlier in the regular season that was saprisa's only loss however all right let's talk about the purple ones or the monster of saprisa first they play out of the capital city of san jose and have won 39 league titles as well as three concacaf champions cup titles most most recent one, 2005. 2002-23, uh, the Clausura stage, they were your playoff champions then as well. So they are defending. They won the regular season by nine points in just 17 matches over second-best Alajuelense, not Herediano. They were further down. Uh, Saprisa, they had the number one offense by a lot, two and a third goals per match. Number one defense as well, the best goal differential by about 50%. The best score that they have still going is their Jamaican striker Javon East. He has netted 11 of them this year. Uh, he's made 19 national team appearances as well. So if you follow the CONCACAF stuff, you know his name and you're going to keep knowing it for years to come. Teams current form, they have won 13 straight across all competitions. Hence the reason I took that chance with them on the road. Now, Herediano, uh, they play out of a town that is just a few miles from San Jose, I believe called Heredia, so very close to the club name, and they are known as the Florists. Like those unique ones, even when they're not too intimidating sounding. They have won 29 league titles. Last one was a couple of years ago, Apertura stage of the 2021 season. 2014-15, they made the CONCACAF Champions Cup Finals, best they've ever done there. And in 2018, they won the CONCACAF League, which was a predecessor. That tournament has now kind of been broken up into the Caribbean version and the Central American Cup we talked about just a moment ago. They lost to Saprisa in the 2022-23 Clausura final. So these are your two powers over the last 18 months, it looks like. They finished in third place in the regular season, a full 12 points behind Saprisa, despite having beaten them. They had a second-best offense and defense. The defense was really good, giving up less than a goal per match. On the offensive side, tied 
uh, not tied. He was the number one league scorer all by his little lonesome with 13. Jesus Godinez from Mexico, striker. He's actually on loan here from Guadalajara, a pretty young fella. Even made a Mexican national team appearance in 2019. I'm not sure he's on their radar now, but that gives you some idea of his quality. Team's current form, they have lost two straight with just a one against three goal differential. Match number seven. The last of our Sunday matches moves us northward, but not too far north, headed to Mexico. The Liga MX Apertura final, second leg of the home and away two-legged tie. Both of these finalists are already follow, uh, qualifying, I should say, for the CONCACAF Champions League, amongst any, many others for next year by the end of the season. Your matchup, it's a dream one. Number one, Club de America versus number three, Tigres, the seedings from the regular season. When they played earlier in the stage, uh, Tigres actually only managed a 1-1 draw at home. America, they are known as the Eagles and have won 13 league titles. Hard to believe it's actually been about five years since the last one, 2018 Apertura stage, especially given that they have won seven CONCACAF Champions Cup titles. Last of those, we're slowly starting to sneak up on a decade, 2015-16. 2022-23 Clausura stage, the last completed one. They finished in second place and made the Leguila or playoff semifinal. They had the number one offense and defense going. Defense was really impressive. They were only giving up a little over three quarters of goal per match on average. Key players to look for, uh, one on offense, one on defense for us this time. Tied for second best in goals plus assists with six and five of each of those respectively. Uh, Julian Quinones, he is from Colombia, their striker, and he was an all-star last year. Interestingly, I'm not sure I saw that for him this year. Hard to believe, though. Number one in clean sheets was with nine was Luis Malagon as well. Team's current form, though, won one and one in their last three. That loss, it is worth noting, was their only one in their last 20. 22 matches across all competitions. Wow. All right. And now Tigres of UANL. That's Universidad uh, Autonoma uh, Nuevo Leon. That's the state they're from. From the town of San Nicolas de los Garza in the greater Monterey area. Clausura stage last season. They finished in just seventh place, but then they went on to win the playoffs. And that was their eighth title. They've also won one CONCACAF Champions Cup title. That was three years ago. They even managed to get second best in 2020 in the FIFA Club World Cup. That's usually between South America and European teams, so that was really special. They finished the regular season a full 10 points behind Club de America this stage. Uh, they were very well balanced, though. Second best offense getting almost two goals per match and in the top four in defense as well. He's been there what seems like the whole time I've been following soccer. Tied for second best in league scoring with 11, André-Pierre Gignac from France. But he hasn't been there for a while except to visit, I don't think, striker 38 years old. He's been a Mexican, Mexican league fixture for forever. And then in net, uh, second best in clean sheets with seven was Nahuel Guzman from Argentina. Another veteran for them getting it done, 37 years old. Third best save percentage as well. He's been with this club since 2014. And that kind of leadership in a match like this is going to be critical. He was last in All-Star two years ago. Teams current form, they are unbeaten in their last seven, although they've only managed draws in their last two matches heading in. Match number eight. Match number eight takes us into South America for the Primera División final in 
Uruguay between Peñarol and Liverpool. Yes, there's more than just the one over in England. I'm not sure this one's quite as good, but they're pretty good, darn good by Uruguayan standards. But that's all you're going to learn is that the two are playing. I leave you to your own Google machine powers to find out more because it is time to let my daughter have her endangered animal segment. Now, I'm actually recording in my radio studio at work. She's in middle school now and has lots of things going on. It's a little harder to catch her, but she did pick the animal. However, she has left it for me to do the theme song, so I will give you an abbreviated version. Aminals, aminals from around the world. Okay, there you go. It's never had a melody, and it's a good thing because apparently I can't sing anyway. But on her behalf, I can tell you all about today's animal, which is the Central American woolly possum. Now, I know what you're saying to yourself. You're saying to yourself, self... Uruguay isn't in Central America. Well, this thing is pretty common also in Northern South America. And a person who did find it on a list of endangered animals in Uruguay, and it's pretty cute. So we're going to talk about it. It is also known as the Derby's woolly possum, uh, named for, I forget the name of the English nationalist uh, naturalist that uh, co-discovered it, but he was a 13th Earl of Derby. That I remember reading, and hence it's sort of secondary name. And it is a cute little fella. There are about seven uh, total larger families of possums out there in the world. This particular genus, there are three. And this is the largest of those three, albeit they're still fairly small. These guys only get about 26 inches long. That includes the tail. And it uh, gets to well over a half a pound, though, is all. So much smaller than the kind that we are used to seeing here going through our garbage or getting run over by accident in the States. Um, this is an arboreal little fella. He lives up in the trees in the deciduous forests and evergreen forests of Central and South America. Likes to spend most, if not quite all, of its time up there. It's someone on the lighter colored side in addition to being uh, larger than the other two kinds here in its genus. Uh, it's mostly brown on top, but it gets much lighter underneath. It is sort of a white buff color uh, to maybe a golden brown on its underside. Uh, the diet, it is an omnivore, it, uh, but it mostly eats very small invertebrates and vertebrates when it can. It seems to like fruits and nectar better, particularly once you get into Southern Central America, pepper tree fruits. Yeah, I looked, I've never seen anything like these things, although I think the picture I saw of the fruit didn't look fully developed, but apparently uh, the woolly possums really like those. No need to go down to the ground, especially considering that's where wild cats are. They like to hunt these little fellers like ocelots, for example. Although these days that is not a primary uh, reason that the animal has been in danger. In fact, right now it's technically listed of least concern in one of the major world organizations I was looking at, but it is kind of teetered onto some of those uh, vulnerable ones before, and person who did find it on a list of things that were endangered at some point. So there you have it. The main threats for this have always been uh, mankind who have hunted it for the pretty fur, and then uh, as is so common in modern times for so many animals that end up endangered uh, loss of habitat, in this case uh, deforestation in Central and South America. So, here's to hoping that everybody down there is doing a great job of helping preserve these little fellas because they sure are cute. Match number nine. 
a rare treat for us to get to go down to the Oceania Football Confederation for one of their nations. Papua New Guinea is the place. Their National Soccer League is the top flight. It is ranked number six in all of the OFC, which is really good because numbers seven through ten, their champions all have to have a little uh, mini tournament for one Champions League berth. But if you're from the top six league associations, then your top two get to move on. All right, here's your playoff final. Number one, Hikari United versus number three, Lay City Dwellers. I'm hoping I'm getting that right. L-A-E, Lay. The two times they've played in the regular season, it was Hikari that got the wins two to one and nil two then on the road. They won the league by 10 points which you know is a fair amount, but it's a lot more when you think that they only play 14 regular season matches. They finished 13 points ahead of Lay City Dwellers. All right, let's talk about the hosts first, the superpower that is Hikari. They're a capital city team play out of Port Moresby. They were founded in uh, 2006, although that was really more of a restructure. It's kind of the same club it was before. If you're wondering about the word Hikari, take this with a grain of salt. I think that the loose equivalent from the Polynesian language might be uh, uh, dynamo. I know it has something to do with like unleashing energy efficiently but strongly. That's what it sounds like to me. They have won nine league titles, although the last one was 2014. They also won what used to be the code number one league Premier League in 2017. So the only reason they don't have more than the nine league titles, even in nothing more recent, is because the league kind of got split up for three or four years there in the mid-2010s. Last year, the league was divided into two six-team groups, and they won the their group, but then lost in the playoff final. They are one of just two clubs to actually represent at the OFC um, as far as past the national playoff round, so truly getting into the event proper outside of Australia and New Zealand. They managed that in 2009-2010. This year, the regular season, oh yeah, they ran away with things. Number one, offense and defense. Offense was getting over two and a half points per match, and they didn't even give up a goal every other match on average. Extrapolate that out, yeah, they had the number one goal differential by a factor of better than four. Ouch. Team's current form, well, they're unbeaten since their very first match of the season. They lost that one and nothing since. They have won six straight and gotten themselves a 12-2 goal differential over that stretch. Now, I don't have a lot for you on LCD. One thing I do want to tell you about Lay City Dwellers is this is a different team than Lay City FC. So if you know anything about this area, don't get those two confused. Lay is the name of the city out of which they play. It's the second biggest one on the island over there on the far eastern tip. City of about 100,000. Last year, they finished in third place in their six-team group. This year, uh, defense has been all right. Offense hasn't been better. Uh, I think we're going to get a shootout with this. They were tied for second best in that regard, getting over one and three-quarters goals per match. Team's current form, though, slipping a little bit. One, one, and one in their last three with just a five and five goal differential. And match number 10. We're done. Finally. Oh, slow your roll, little daughter of mine. We're heading back to Central America once more. At least it is ground we know well, but this time to the one English-speaking uh, place down there. Belize, yeah, their Premier League. They're having their Apertura playoff final. Of the 14 ranked uh, teams, or leagues, I should say, all within CONCACAF, this is the lowest ranked one. So they're even behind several of the uh, Caribbean nations as well as all of the Central American ones. Hey, but they're playing. It's important where it's being played. It means it's on our radar like we like like to say. Top four teams from uh, this league made the playoff. The champion uh, will qualify to go to a playoff with the other stage champion for a Central American Cup berth. So they only get one total berth for the entire year. They are going to be 
playing this in Belize City. Your matchup seedings from the regular season. Number four, Altitude, your usual power in my estimation, versus number B, Port Leola. Uh, Port Leola won 3-0 at their place. Altitude hung on for a shootout 4-3 win when they hosted. First Altitude, this is a club that was founded in 2013. They play in the town of Independence. It's an east-southeast uh, uh, port city. When you put it together, which they do with Mango Creek, they're essentially the same town. You get a total of about 4,000 people. They are known as the A-Team. Enjoy that. But they have lions on the crest. At least they didn't make it the official nickname. I can give a little leeway. 2022-23, uh, Clausura Stage, they finished in just fifth place. Uh, this year, they've been pretty well balanced a little little bit better on defense, giving up just one goal and change per match. Teams current form, well, they've won two straight, and they're unbeaten in their last eight. And now, I'm not sure if this is an official uh, home match for Port Loyola. They're listed as visitors on paper, and yet the match is in Belize City, and I can't imagine how many appropriate soccer venues they might have even there. Uh, last year, they finished in third place in the Clausura stage, and then went out in the playoff semifinal. This year, it is their offense that's been getting it done for them. They're the only team scoring over two goals per match. They were only tied for fifth best on defense. Team's current form, they advanced over number B, Progresso, 2-2 on aggregate. They won by away goes rule. Uh, their leg two semifinal loss snapped a three-match winning streak, and over that stretch, they interestingly had just a total of a four-versus-five goal differential. Hard to say who the favorite is here. And that'd be all of them. This has been episode 166 of Soccer Noob Rock in America featuring Person Noob. Thank you very much to my daughter, Person Noob. Mwah, kisses for you. Thank you for helping me out. I know you're super busy with middle school going. I appreciate your efforts. Also, while he gets no kisses even here at the holiday season, thank you very much to he who is known as the management for all of his editing and production wizardry. And thank you to you for finding us, tuning in. We hope if you enjoyed it that you'll consider passing us along to your footy mind friends. Until we do it again in a few days, have yourself a fabulous footy week. Take care.